0: You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Great to be together, guys. I love that video. It's uh, uh, one of the newer ones from the Bible Project and uh, the concept of the temple and Uh, What that video had to say is really going to tie into our look into the book of Haggai today. So go ahead and be turning over there, the book of Haggai, a little bit of a challenge to find. It's only two chapters in the the midst of the Old Testament, so you can start turning there. Uh, Dustin and I just came back from the marriage retreat out in Palm Springs. We came back a little early so we could be with you all on the live stream. But it was great being out there together. Uh, Great hearing from uh, uh, Rob and Pam Skinner. And uh, there was actually 100 couples on site. We weren't all together or anything like that. But uh, you'd see people kind of social distancing and spreading around. And then other other people who are participating from around the L.A. Church of Christ uh, in the marriage retreat. I didn't realize how it did my heart some good just to get out of the city and get out in the desert and uh, get, uh, get some great time with my wife. Uh, so it was really awesome and uh, refreshing. Uh, but it's great to be with all of you. Uh, we're going to say a prayer and then we're going to get into our... Uh, our lesson here, uh, continuing our Finding Hope series. Uh, let's pray. We have a few prayer requests and, and things going on in our fellowship, uh, so uh, there might even be things we're not aware of, but uh, obviously this is a time we got to really be praying for each other. Uh, so bow with me and let's pray. Uh, God, I want to pray for our, our, uh, our family of churches around the world. I know there are many disciples who are being affected by this global pandemic that we're in right now and just these trying times. I know. Uh, that uh, uh, Dinesh and uh, Carolyn and their family uh, in, uh, in, in India is having some challenges where they've got COVID and uh, Dinesh is in critical condition. Just pray that you would heal him. I know he's critical to our work in India. I pray for all the disciples there. I'm sure there's many more who are being affected. I pray for the disciples in the Middle East. I know Mufid, Jesse and, and uh, Saeed uh, and Betty in Lebanon um, had COVID or have COVID but are improving. I pray for their recovery, and I pray for all the disciples there. I uh, pray for right here in our own family, God, as as uh, uh, the Marici family, several have, have gotten uh, COVID with uh, Shailene and, and Tony and Cadence, uh, baby Cadence, who's recovering. Well, she's not a baby anymore, but I still call her baby K. and uh, just pray for a full recovery for her and just that more members of their family wouldn't get sick. And, uh, Father, pray for uh, just any others. I know uh, many of us in our, our family are being affected during this time and just pray for healing. I thank you for the vaccine and good news uh, uh, coming on that front and just pray that you'd be with our leaders and be with uh, just the infrastructure of our country and all the countries around the world that we can uh, figure out how best to, to battle this disease. And I pray that we can be really light and salt during this time. pray be with us during our look here into Haggai and look back into um, the, the time of, of, of God's people, uh, what they were going through then. I pray that you'd speak through the scriptures to each one of us, uh, a word to us in our lives today. And uh, we just uh, pray that you'd open our hearts wide to you. Uh, help us to kind of remove the dist- different distractions that might be in our hearts and uh, just to hear from you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. <clears throat> excuse me. So as I mentioned, uh, we are continuing our series, <clears throat> excuse me, called "Finding Hope" on the Minor Prophets. Uh, kind of we've we've landed upon a theme song uh, that uh, Steve penned with the first. Uh, Uh, installment of this series. Uh, These are hard times, man, but that ain't where my story ends. It's a good uh, country song. Uh, Just our relationship to difficult times is something that's kind of becoming a theme in these uh, prophets. In Habakkuk, the first of our, uh, our lessons that Steve did, really you see in Habakkuk this Uh, this understanding of trusting God during hard times, and uh, the the scripture that's many uh, repeated often, the righteous will live by faith. It's found there in Habakkuk, that faith is what informs our view of our surroundings and uh, and changes the way we view those surroundings. And and Habakkuk says, I'm going to praise God even in the hard times. Uh, I'm going to praise God. Even if everything's going wrong, I'm still going to praise God. And uh, Amos, we looked at last week, uh, that even when there's good times, that... It doesn't mean that things are going well spiritually In in that situation that God's people were experiencing really good times uh, and yet they were off spiritually it's kind of like the the Christians in Laodicea who were lukewarm uh, Revelation three seventeen, uh Jesus tells them you say I'm rich I've acquired wealth I don't need a thing but you do not realize that you are wretched pitiful poor blind and naked so uh, just as the disciples uh, in, in Laodicea, we're, we're off track spiritually. And God's people at the time of Amos were off track spiritually. We can, can drift in our hearts uh, from uh, our commitment to God. And uh, so today with Haggai, we're, we're going to uh, look at how hard times and, and uh, can sometimes be God working to try to get our attention and uh, to turn us to God. And if you, uh, if you look there uh, in the book of Haggai in uh, chapter 1, verse 3, said, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You've planted much but harvested little. You eat but never have enough. You drink but never have your fill. You put on clothes but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. So this is a, a passage we've probably heard before, uh, kind of in terms of our our surroundings. And I want to share with you today that this is really going to be a look of, of God saying, even in, in, in times like where he, he's talking about a challenging message like that, the underlying message from God is, I am with you. And so that's the title of the lesson today, I am with you. With you. So these hard times that we're going through, that, that the, the people of God were going through at the time, were really there to turn them to God. God is saying, I am with you even in these hard times. And um, I want to give you a little context. Uh, so I'll show you on the screen. It would be good to, if you don't have these memorized, to memorize kind of this uh, series of empires in the ancient Near East. Uh, the Assyrian Babylonian Persian Greek Roman this really makes up this uh, a a super important period of biblical history and um, uh here I'll I'll show it here and I'll kind of point to you uh what was happening so last week when we looked at um uh, at Amos that was during this time here the Assyrian Empire so uh this Amos's message was to the northern kingdom, and uh, we saw that map of Assyria and how powerful Assyria was, and how Assyria really expanded. And each one of these, can each empire, kind of takes over the last. And so, after the Assyrian Empire, uh, Assyria was uh, obliterated uh, northern Israel, and uh, but they weren't able to conquer southern Israel. They weren't able to conquer Judah. Hezekiah and in, in, in Jerusalem was surrounded by uh, the troops of Assyria, by Sennacherib and his army, and yet God gave them victory and they survived. It's a great, great story with Hezekiah. And so they survived. And so uh, they, they survived as a vassal state of Assyria, but they were still there. But then at the time of Habakkuk, that's leading up to the Babylonian Empire. So that's kind of right here. It's Steve talked about saying the Babylonians are going to be my Tool that I'm going to use, and the Babylonians did conquer uh, Judah, and they carried the people off into exile, and they were going to have 70 years of exile. That familiar passage we all know uh, from Jeremiah 29:11. I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope and a future. Uh, that was right here. That was as they're going into exile, uh, and, and God is saying, y- you're going to have to go through something hard, but I'm with you. I have plans. So then, after this Babylonian uh, Empire, the Persian Empire uh, happens. And Daniel, if you remember the book of Daniel, he's in the middle of both of these. So he's with uh, the stories at the beginning of Daniel or with Nebuchadnezzar during the time of the Babylonian Empire. Then Daniel survives through uh, on the staff of, then he makes this transition to a whole new empire because he's such a great employee. You know, even the new empire wants him. And so then he's here in the Persian Empire. That's Daniel in the lion's den story is under this now new empire. And the Persian Empire allows the people to go back. And so it allows them to go back to the promised land. And so they go back. Uh, The exiles return. And that's where we are now. They've returned now to the promised land during this rule of Persia. Persia allowed people to have their own own religion and and their own kind of self-government to some extent. And then later in history, we won't talk about this today, but the Greeks, it's super important during the time in between the Testaments. And then, of course, the Roman Empire is where we see Jesus and the kingdom uh, of God uh, expand was, was under the Roman Empire. But uh, anyway, so this is where we are today. In the Persian Empire, uh, the, 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 the exiles have returned to Jerusalem. And so this, the, the temple has been destroyed, and it lies in ruins. And so this passage I just read, we'll put on the screen here again, Haggai 1, 3 through 6, uh, the Prophet says, "Is it time for you to be living in your panel houses while this house, meaning the temple, remains a ruin and so the the people were focused on building their own houses, kind of setting themselves up for comfort and 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 and, and you know just daily living but but neglecting the temple and god saying this isn 't right it shouldn 't be like this and he, and, he, and he says that you know here 's your situation in verse five and six and seven you 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 plant, but you don't harvest. You drink, but you never are full. You put on clothes, but you're not warm. You earn wages just to put them in a purse with holes. It's like you're not getting ahead. You're spinning your wheels. Who here has felt like that before? <laughs> I am spinning my wheels. We've all felt that way, haven't we? There's a song from the 80s, uh, Des and I uh, know from our time in, in high school called No One Is to Blame by Howard Jones. You know, He goes, you can look at the menu, but you can't eat. You can feel the cushion, You can feel the cushion but you can't have a seat you can dip your foot in the pool but you can't take a swim you know Uh, he's feeling this way in that song you know just can't get ahead can't make any progress nothing I'm doing is working you know that's where as God's people we should go hmm have I prayed about it have I taken spiritual inventory have I thought a little bit deeper Uh, hmm, if nothing I'm doing is working maybe I should evaluate where I stand with the Lord and and, and that's what Haggai is saying and then he he continues in verse 7 this is what the Lord Almighty says give careful thought to your ways go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so I may take pleasure in it and be honored says the Lord you expected much but see it turned out to be little what you brought home I blew away why declares the Lord Almighty? Because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth that's cropped. I call for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, everything else the ground produces on people and livestock and on all the labor of your hands. Wow, that's a challenging passage, isn't it? This isn't one of those, you know, prosperity gospel verses you know God's saying i am i'm I'm messing up everything you try to do right now uh, you know I'm frustrating all your plans right now it's like man God like, take it easy what are you doing to me? you know think about that why why would God do that what's what's God's perspective in that you know so so you know to reflect we can have hard times from all kinds of reasons we can have hard times because of just random occurrences that happen we can have hard times because of Somebody else's free will, and, and because somebody else has free will and they choose to be a jerk to me, now I'm a, I'm a you know, I'm, I'm a, the victim of their jerkness, you know, because they have free will to be a jerk to me. We can go through hard times because of our own sin and, and the things that we do that, that cause consequences in our lives, and we can go through hard times. I don't think this is necessarily like the consequences of their actions in terms of immediate consequences. It's because God was trying to get their attention. So sometimes we can go through hard times because God is trying to get us to wake up or getting us to to pay attention to him and what he's doing. Why would God be doing that? Is it that God is like, man, I don't have a temple. I don't have anywhere to live. Is it God's going, oh, man, I I just really miss being worshipped. I I feel so insecure right now because nobody's like really worshipping me. Is it that God is going, oh, I just just don't feel that good about myself. I I really need them to, to, to lift me up and praise me. Is that it? Not at all. You know, God, God inhabits the whole universe. He doesn't need a dumb temple, right? It's not that He wants something from them. He wants something for them. He He realizes their hearts are off, and, and if their investment is going to be in their own houses instead of the temple, they're not going to understand His presence and His power that's available to them. God doesn't need our worship. God doesn't have to, isn't desperate for us to build His temple. It's that he wants us to be able to experience His presence. He knows what the temple represents, is his presence there within our midst, as we saw in that video, right? And so the, the, the first thing God says to them is, "I am with you. That's why I want you to build the temple. I am with you." Uh, they, they respond to the message, Amen in verse 12, and, uh, and they, they it says they feared the Lord and they started building the temple. And, and look at what it says in verse 13. Then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke to the people with the Lord's message, saying, I am with you, says the Lord. I am with you. We need to be reminded of that. Uh, a lot of times in hard times we think, where is God? God is not with me. Maybe it's that God is the one that's, you know, right in the midst of those hard times, calling on you to turn to him and wanting you to 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 renew your priorities where they should be as, as God's people needed to there. Uh, you know, the temple, what it represented, as the video said, to God's people was God's presence. It's like this, uh, this locus of, of his lo- lo- a location where God is, can be found, an intersection of heaven and earth, as the video talked about. Uh, when Solomon dedicates the temple, uh, he says, you know, we know that th- the heavens can't contain you, God. But in, in this great prayer of dedication uh, by Solomon, uh, he says, but, but we, what I pray that this temple would represent is a place for people to come and pray to you, a place that wherever, however we mess up, wherever we go and we drift and we get carried off into exile even, he says, we could return to this place and call on you. Amen. And that that's fulfilled you know, hundreds of years later in the time of Haggai. God's people had returned, but they hadn't yet called on him. They hadn't yet rebuilt the temple. They needed to be reminded that it's all about God and His presence in our lives. And brothers and sisters, you need God's presence in your life. Uh, and I want to appeal to you, if you've, if you've been fighting God, you know, there's really so many, uh, so many passages of Scripture, so many stories in the Bible, point us to sort of two options. Either fighting against God or fighting with God. Right? right? Either, uh, either trying to build your own house or trying to build God's temple, as you see here. You know, it's really those two options. You're kind of either doing one or the other. It's hard to kind of be in the middle. And so if you're you're not really building God's temple, if you're not really reflecting his presence in your life, you're probably more self-focused and you're probably building your own house instead of his house. And God is, is calling us to, to to partner with him, to be reminded of his presence. Uh, we need him among us. You know, We, the church, represent the new temple, the Bible says. And, and this was in the video as well. There's these passages like Ephesians 2, It says, you are being built together to be a temple in which God dwells. Uh, 1 Peter 2, 5 says, you like living stones are being built into a spiritual house in which God dwells by his spirit. And so we, together, become this temple where God is dwelling among us. That's the, an incredible thing about the church. Uh, and so instead of the challenges, focus on the possibilities of your life with God rather than on your own. I appreciate my daughter, Cora, uh, got baptized a few years ago as a, as a teenager. and. Uh, being, in, you know, being a teenager and being a disciple is not easy. I became a Christian myself as a teenager in, in high school. And it is really hard, and, but I appreciate her perspective. She said, you know, I'm gonna, I know I'm going to go through challenges, but I'd rather go through challenges with God than without God. You know, I'd rather go through those challenges with God than on my own. And so I want to I w- I uh, appeal to you to, to invite God back in. If you if you've push God out, invite Him back in, His presence into your life. The second thing that we see from Haggai is, do not fear. The second message from God is, do not fear. Uh, if we move over to chapter 2, it says, uh, verse 4, Yet now take courage, O Zerubbabel, says the Lord. And this is Haggai's second message. It comes about a month later. Take courage, Joshua, son of Jehoshaphat, the high priest. Zerubbabel just, it was the uh, political leader. Uh, he was a descendant of David. And Joshua was the uh, high priest. Take courage, all you people of the land, says the Lord. For I am with you, says the Lord of hosts, according to the promises that I made to you. When you came out of Egypt. See, God sees the big picture. My spirit abides among you. Do not fear. Do not fear. Why does he have to tell them this? Because. Because life is not turning out as they expected. You know, if you read a little bit farther, it says those who are older, you know, those who are, uh, um, had been around and seen the former glory of the temple, they're like, man, this new temple is kind of lame. <laughs> you know, this isn't this isn't that great of a temple. And, um, you know, and so they had to be reminded, don't be afraid. I'm with you. This is part of my plan here. And, and you know, some of us feel that way about the church right now. You know, we, this is lame. I don't like YouTube. I don't like Zoom. I don't like... All this stuff that we're having to do, you know, it's just like I remember the former temple. Uh, Some of us even, bigger picture, maybe, you know, remember the 90s. Man, our our church used to be planting churches all over the world. And, and, you know, I remember those glory days when I was in campus. And and I remember the former glory of of the temple. And, yeah, God did some amazing things in the 90s. And I'm super grateful for all these churches to be planted around the world. That doesn't mean God's not with us today. It doesn't mean God's not doing something now. We can't give way to fear. We got to partner with God again in, in, in what, what, where is his presence leading us? What is he doing in the world? Church, God is here among us. God is in this place, even in COVID, even in all these challenges we're going through. He is working. We are his people and we got to remember that and not be afraid. I've um, been listening to a, a podcast by Russ Yule. I hadn't heard Russ Yule's sermons in a long time. Russ Yule's is our uh, minister in one of our churches there in San Francisco, a great preacher and uh, she Sheila Sizumoto, Sheila Sizumoto, that's a good, uh, see if you can say her name seven times. I never, good job, Sheila. Sheila Sizumoto told me about this podcast, uh, told our group, uh, the Sizumotos do a great job of keeping our group encouraged with texts and and, uh, encouragement during the week, our small group. And, uh, you know, he said on his podcast, our biggest challenge in COVID, you know, he talks about, boil it all down, it's fear. The fear is our biggest challenge. Think, think about that in your own life. Have you allowed fear to control your thinking? Have you gone down thought trains of fear? There is a lot you can be afraid of. Yeah. Uh, not, e- not even. I mean, regardless of COVID, there's a lot that you can be afraid of. I mean, I, there's many fears that that can control my thinking. What's going to happen? What's going to happen to my kids? What's going to happen? Uh, you know, to my finances. What's going to happen with this, with that, with you know, with the house, with the, you, any problem? You, know, you can just. Uh, we can be afraid of conflict, we can be afraid of failure, we can be afraid of uh, of vulnerability there 's so much that uh, fear that can control our thinking, and yet god 's calling us to not be afraid jesus 's message to his disciples over and over was, "Do not fear uh, we 've been you know we, we We belong to God, we are his people again uh, another passage from the New Testament. Uh, 1 Peter two nine says, we're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. He's called us out of darkness into light. God is working in our lives. Uh, and I want to appeal to those of you who are not yet uh, followers of Jesus. If you haven't become a disciple, if you haven't repented of your sins and been baptized, that's what God is calling you to, to, to be a part of this, uh, this chosen people to be a royal priesthood, to be a holy nation, to to have your sins forgiven and wiped away, to be called out of darkness into his light. If if you haven't made that decision, please study the Bible with us. Uh, uh, Let us show you the scriptures. Let us help you become a Christian in the Bible way and get your sins forgiven. Make that decision today. I don't want to live life on my own anymore. I want to live life with God. Uh, even in the challenges that i've gone I'm going through, and that leads us to our last uh, our last point that we see here from Haggai, I have chosen you C- Why does he have to remind them of that because there's more challenges to come. he says in uh, ch- chapter two verse twenty one skipping down there, I'm about to shake the heavens and the earth and to overthrow the throne of kingdoms. I'm about to destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the nations and overthrow the chariots and their riders and the horses and their riders shall fall. But everyone, everyone by the sword of, the, uh, of a comrade on that day, says the Lord of hosts, I will take you, O Zerubbabel, my servant, son of Shealtiel, says the Lord. And I will make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, says the Lord of hosts. Um, God says I'm about to shake the heavens and earth i'm about to shake the nations i'm about to do something and and god did that you know again to remind you of this uh you know this this uh diagram here you know god god is was working through all of this now do you think the you know the greeks alexander the great was like oh yeah yahweh the god of israel is using me right now definitely not um but God used Greek. God used that language. God used that culture that spread around to kind of, you know, pave the way. God used the Romans. God used their roads. God used their language. God used their culture. God used the infrastructure of their government. God used the democracy the Greeks installed. God was working through all of these, these upheavals and, and and rulers and nations. And, and it's the same today. You know, the, 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 those in power, they don't recognize that it's really God. They don't recognize that God is really in control. Uh, they're just driven by their own selfish desires and you read these stories of these emperors and these you know if you read the stories of the roman empires or greek greek emperors i mean they are completely self-motivated and and it's so it's crazy you know it, everybody's getting killed there's always people you know you get into power and everybody behind your back is conspiring and you never never know when you're about to get stabbed you know and somebody else is gonna it's it's i mean it's like you know, it's like the mafia or whatever. I mean, it, uh, whatever. You know, any power structure, worldly power structure, it's so uncertain. Yeah. And uh, and yet, God is behind the scenes and all that. And he says, "I'm about to shake all this up, but but you are mine. I've chosen you, and I'm going to walk you through this. I have a plan." You know, it, it sounds. You know, that, that phrase, "I'm about to shake the heavens and earth." That sounds a little scary, right? But but we are people of God. We have hope in all of these things. Uh, We have so much hope. God is with us. God is at work among us. God's promises will not fail. And so that gives us hope in these times. What will it mean for your life to really hear this message that God is with you? Do not fear. Uh, I have chosen you. Do you feel that way? Do you believe that? Satan wants to rob us of that. Satan wants us to think of God like he's wanting something from us. Just like in the Garden of Eden. Oh, he wants to keep you down, Adam and Eve. He doesn't want you to be like him. He's trying to keep something from you. That's, that's the kind of quiet voice of Satan. And yet the message of Scripture consistently is, I am with you. Do not fear. I have chosen you. we got to be willing to trust that. we got to be willing to have hope. Uh, I want to tell you a quick story, and I've told parts of the story before. I don't know what I've repeated and what I haven't repeated, but um, I was teaching a class, helping to teach a class uh, earlier this year before the, the lockdown uh, on R- the Book of Romans with John Oaks and with Greg Moretsky. great, amazing teachers, much more qualified than I am to, to teach the class, but they allowed me to, to help out a little bit. But uh, uh, John Oaks said this uh, uh he was talking about God and how God works in our lives and how we have the scriptures and we have each other. And, and he said something which I agree with, but, but I kind of disagreed with in, in a way. Uh, and, and, and I'll explain. But he said this phrase, he said, God's not going to write some message in the sky to you. You know, God gives you the prophets, God gives you this. And I told him afterwards, I didn't, I didn't interrupt the class, but I told him afterwards, I said, you know what, John, I believe God wrote a message in the sky to me. And he was like, what? I was like, yeah, I do. I believe he wrote a message in kind to of, me. He was like, what? Tell me. You know, so I told him the story. I was like, uh, you know, 2017 was this horrible year for me. And, uh, you know, I-, I feel bad. 2020 is might be your worst year ever, you know, that you've ever gone through. I know. And, and uh, you know, I know we've got people who've had loved ones pass away and that's really hard. We have loved ones who you know got loved ones have gotten sick, some of you are battling cancer, some of you lost your job, some of you I mean, there's a lot of a lot of hard stuff this year. For me, twenty twenty hasn't been that bad <laughs> because so I, I wanna be empathetic. Sorry. Uh, but twenty seventeen was my horrible year, you know. And uh, I mean it was death of a friend, it was, you know, best friends moving away, thefts of of my laptop and different, you know, things, my house falling apart. You know, Brian, Brian Hood is here today. He was helping me with my porch, which was falling down. Uh, but we had, I mean, we had serious health issues, uh, serious sin issues, uh, serious uh, mental illness issues. Uh, I, you know, just a lot of stuff. We had rats in the house. We had bee infestation. I mean, it was just everything that could happen. It was, it was 2017, you know? And, uh, I mean, I was, I remember the spirit telling me, remember to have hope, remember to have hope. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, the, the, the Bible says the greatest are faith, hope, and love. And I, I remember thinking, well, we talk a lot about love and we talk a lot about faith. We don't talk a lot about hope. And, uh, you know, I need to have hope. And, uh, right at the end of, this is right at the end of 2017, I was having those thoughts and thinking about that. And this one day in December in, in 2017, uh, I looked up in the sky and this was in the sky. Amen. And Jameson and I were together and it just said hope. And, you know, I don't know that God wrote that with his finger, but I still feel like God wrote that in the sky for me. You know, and I don't understand how all that works. You know, I, I think it was a, a Facebook uh, uh, stunt or something or I was, you know, something they were doing I, I heard later I don't know I've tried to look research and go back and what was that I can't find anything so if anybody knows anything about this I'd love to know but uh, but you know I, I, and I told that to John that story to John Oaks and he said you know what I think you're right <laughs> I think God, God wrote that in the sky for you and he said I've had things like that for me too you know in my life and we've all you know if you've been a follower of Jesus a long time you've had those experiences where like that had to be God you know I have never looked up in the sky and seen the word hope and yet this was the darkest time of my whole life. And, and I, you know, the Spirit was telling me I need to have hope. And, and, and I think that, that's who God is. You know, he, He's telling us, I'm with you. I've chosen you. Do not fear. God is among us. That's the whole point of Jesus Christ. You know, yeah. Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, and he tells his disciples again and again, don't fear. I'm with you to the end of the age. Uh, that's what's so awesome about being a Christian. And uh, so that's, this, this is uh, the, the picture for our for our series, Finding Hope. Um, you know, that, that, that even in dark times, we can find hope in God. Yeah. And as we take communion today, I want you to be reminded that Jesus was here to say, I am with you. Do not fear. I have chosen you. Even as we take the, the bread and the, and the wine, they are to represent his presence. They are his, his presence on earth, here among us, uh, that we get to partake in together as a gathered body of Christ. God is with us. Uh, church, remember this. Even in hard times, remember this in the days ahead. God is with you. Do not fear. He has chosen you. I want to uh, invite uh, Brian Voss is here today. It's great to have you here, bro. He's going to come up and pray for communion uh, as we celebrate that together.
1: Amen. Uh just want to thank Brian for sharing that hopeful story, too. It definitely made me tear up a little bit. Uh, God was brought me hope many times when I was hopeless as well. Real quick, I just want to share a scripture before we take communion here. And uh, This is the greatest hope of all, what uh, Jesus did for us. From Luke 22... Uh, 19 and he took bread gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying this is my body given for you do this in remembrance of me in the same way after the supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you so just as we take communion reflect on uh on that amazing gift of hope that sacrifice that jesus did for all of us anyway let's go ahead and pray Lord God, thank you so much uh, for this day, Lord. Thank you for each day. Every day is just a gift. Lord, like Lamentations 3, it's a new gift every morning. You give us a new fresh start, Lord, and we're always so grateful for that. Thank you, Lord, that uh, whether you're writing in the sky or just speaking to our hearts, we can always find hope in you. Uh, Whether times are good, times are bad, Lord, you're always there for us. Just pray, uh, Lord, that we can reflect, on your sacrifice for each one of us. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, your body that was broken for us, and your blood that was shed for our forgiveness. Lord, um, there's nothing we could ever do to pay you back for it, but we can remember it, we can honor you, Lord, and we can thank you. We pray for this community time, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.